This is Matt Knutson, and welcome to the Grabbing Lunch Podcast. This is episode two. I'm going to keep the introductions short and sweet and quickly get to my lunch with Todd Glass and Troy Conrad. Uh, But really quick, a couple of announcements. I'm going to be on Last Call with Carson Daly on NBC. That is Thursday night. November 7th, uh, 2013, Last Call with Carson Daly. Uh, So set your DVRs. Uh, November 11th, uh, I'm going to be on the Hot Tub Show with Kristen Schaal and Kurt Braunohler at the Virgil here in Los Angeles. Uh, Saturday, November 23rd, I'm going to be opening for Fritz Coleman, NBC weatherman and comedy mainstay Fritz Coleman and Jimmy Brogan at the Ice House. There's two shows, 8 and 10 p.m. That is uh, Saturday, November 23rd. And that's all leading up to my... Album recording at the Hollywood Improv, Saturday, December 7th, 2013 at 8 p.m. Tickets and information are on improv.com or mattknutson.com, K-N-U-D-S-E-N.com. Uh, you can go to my website and also find me there uh, for Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to my YouTube channel, mattknutson.com. Okay, so my guests for lunch today were Todd Glass, who is – he's honestly one of my favorite comedians. He's every – Comedian's favorite comedian. He's a comics comic, which means whenever like Todd goes up to perform, all the comics that are hanging out at the bar, they had, they just walk in like I got, I gotta go, I gotta go check out Todd. Uh, last time I saw him live, he was being introduced. This is at the uh, Hollywood Improv, and as he was being introduced, he uh, sat in the audience and started yelling out, yeah, "I've heard of Todd Glass. This guy's great. We should, we should all be excited." Todd is one of those guys that can just envelop a room with his personality, and it's fun to watch, and it's just fun to be a part of. So uh, go see him live soon. See him live. You won't regret it. Uh, If he's not coming to a town near you and you have internet access or live near a library, you can see him on ToddGlass.com. He's got a a great podcast on the Nerdist channel, Todd Glass Show. Stand-up special coming out on Netflix and a book coming out from Simon & Schuster. uh, And just so you know, his voice sounds like this. Are you going to enter this story into the boring festival? My other guest is Troy Conrad. He is also a great comedian and a producer. When I first met Troy, he was doing a character called Comedy Jesus, where he dressed as Jesus and did improvised crowd work. And it was hilarious. Uh, Troy is also one of the producers, along with Paul Provenza, of the improvised stand-up show Set List, which has been to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, Montreal Just for Laughs. It's also on the Nerdist YouTube channel. Set list is stand-up comedy without a net. And for the record, Troy sounds like this. If the comics are going to mess up the condo, I'm never having it cleaned, and I'm going to let it be disgusting for years. So, for lunch, Todd, Troy, and myself grab sandwiches at a place called the Pita Pit in Hermosa Beach. And Mike Lacey, the man at the helm of the Comedy and Magic Club, was gracious enough to invite us to eat our sandwiches in the lounge. And if you've never been to the Comedy and Magic Club in Hermosa Beach, you owe it to yourself to go down there at least once. The crowds are great, the food is amazing, and everyone down there is so nice. That's why they get people like, oh, I don't know, Jerry Seinfeld, Gary Shandling. Jay Leno does a show there every Sunday night, so go check out the Comedy and Magic Club. 
That is where we were grabbing our lunch today. Uh, you can go to grabbinglunch.com to see pictures of the guests, hyperlinks to conversation topics, or just join the email list. So enjoy the episode. Uh, this is My Lunch with Todd Glass and Troy Conrad at the Comedy and Magic Club. Let's eat. Never, I never get enough. I'm always more hungry than I, whatever I get. I want more. Get uh, something to take home. Can I get that? Yeah. And I can have the uh, the chicken breast with a drink and chips, please. Right. That's that's it to go. Thirty two oh seven. You had a drink too, right? Yeah. There you go. Well, normally I would not let someone pay, but like I think it's his podcast, so fuck it. It's part of the deal. It's, it's the part deal. of the podcast. Yeah, you should order dinner. I would be. <laughs> what I would be. It would be rude of me to pay because I'm saying. The idea you have to take some of the lunch? No, no, no. So I'm, I'm just doing it out of politeness. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. Do you need a copy of That's okay. Thank you. By the way, I always I always tip $20. I hope you do, too. It's a five. Is five, that, five, five, $5 is very five nice. By the a little way, jar by the cash register. This would be the best way to get someone else a wheat. Uh, white for me, please. Great, this thank would be you. A great way, like you would always get away with someone else buying you it every time because you call it, hey, I'm buying you lunch, and you say that. But then when you show up, you go, oh my god, you guys. Hey, since I'm recording the podcast and everything, can you guys mind just this time getting grabbing lunch? And then, I did. and then we're like, yeah, you know what? You always get everyone else's all the other podcasts, but they don't know that. Right, you, right. You edit that out. Yeah. So it always sounds like you have a track record. Hilarious. Jesus. Troy, shut up already. <laughs> Did you tell everyone where we're doing the podcast? Uh, I did not, but we're actually, uh, we've been invited to uh, to sit at the lounge at the Comedy Magic Club. We're here in Hermosa Beach. Well, originally on the phone, I, I was saying that we'll talk about it inside. Okay, very good. Please. Thank you. I wanted to say something. That's okay. By all means. Without recording. Oh, so uh, originally when you called me on the phone, I said, let's get really good sandwiches and eat in my car on the beach. That would be our lunch. Great idea. But then... Troy uh, is well. We'll talk. Well, Troy, and I respect it. He is a. He doesn't like sitting in a car that's not moving with the window shut with the air on because he's afraid of asphyxiation. So we happen to be near the Comedy Magic Club, so that's why we went inside and we're like, "Hey, hummus from Guatemala." Yeah, hummus would be great. Shut up already, lady. I'm kidding. That's her job. Purple onions and the chicken meat. So, Troy, so I didn't make fun. I don't make fun of people's, uh, whatever you want to call it. He's, he's uh, a phobia, would you say it is? Uh, yeah, it would, be, a, by it the would way, be a phobia. Maybe a phobia with some legitimacy? Well, well I think science-wise, science uh, the number of people who have uh, some sort of uh, poisoning or asphyxiation on a light level, just where they maybe get uh, sort of uh, carcinogens in their system because of the exhaust fumes coming from their car through the AC unit. Uh, I believe uh, that is a legitimate concern. However, I've gotten a lot better. Uh, Are you going to enter this story into the Boring Festival? <laughs> it's in the, it's on the, I was oh. on the cover of uh, Boring Story magazine. Oh, last. my God, you must have won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was the cover of the year. <laughs> uh, you, it's me, it's it's me in a car. It's the way you're positive about being mean. You're like, Troy, that story's going to win. I'm telling you. you got to have more confidence in yourself. You think so? Yeah, your stories are the worst in the world. <laughs> There's no negating that I have gone into comedy clubs and probably given advice that they've taken. And by the way, I also learn a lot. Anything I try to pass on to a comedy club is something another comedy club taught me. I'll go to, I'll go to the Punchline in San Francisco and see the way they do their opening. 
I don't just have an opening I do because I think it's right. Because uh, I did have one of those openings, but then I saw the way the punchline did theirs with no music in the background, and I went, oh, I like that. I'm going to learn. So here's the difference, though, but between what happened with Christian, Christian Bell? Christian Bale. Christian yeah. Bale. Uh, I can't go into a comedy club if there's a show going on there in the afternoon and start fixing things. So the, the difference here is that what somebody was doing their craft. Now, we're not saying it was right that he yelled, but we're saying right. we can't compare it to somebody just going somewhere. Like before, you said, hey, do you, you want me to check the levels? That's different. Even though I made fun of you for it, that is completely different than what right, right, right. than what happened with Christian Bell. You, there was not a show going in process. You offered up help. And full disclosure, if checking the levels would make you feel comfortable and you're, it puts you at ease. No, he's you fine. Check Trust me, out. I know. Okay. He's absolutely fine. Keep I'm eating your fine. sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I, I'm just that guy. Right. I'm, I'm, a, I, yeah. Hey, by the way, and again, because I won't feel good and I won't be able to sleep. By the way, that pita was really good. What was, was the name my of that place? place. Pita, it's called Pita Pit. Pita Pit. So we good. Went to my pita pit in Hermosa Beach. Yeah. And we're actually, uh, we're currently sitting in the lounge at the Comedy Magic Club. Uh, Comedy Magic. Todd Glass pulled a couple of strings for us, and uh, and here we are. And by the way. Um, we're not in the main showroom. We're in the lounge, which is a secondary showroom mm-hmm. here at the Comedy Magic Club. Mm-hmm. Look at Mike Lacey. Like, I don't work Amazing. here that often, yeah. but I have a lot of respect for Mike Lacey. Look how this room is. Yeah. Look at the framed pictures on the walls. Look at the walls. Look at the wood tables. Look at the nice wood. wood. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They could have bought cheap wood, and it would have served the purpose of having the club, but they went and st- somebody had to, had to make the decision, hey, boss, uh, it's going to cost us $5,000 more just to get the nicer wood. I mean, but that can go to a lot of different things. And he went, you know what? We're going to have it's it for it. 30 years. Let's yeah, do it. yeah, yeah. And since we're doing this at the Comedy Magic Club, I've said this before. Oh, by the way, am, am, I, uh, am I okay? I don't know. I thought maybe you had the, you know, a list of questions you wanted to ask. <laughs> I have nothing. Good. Actually, the whole point of the show is is hanging out and letting comedy fans be a fly on the wall. That's the whole point of the show. Oh, so, cool. So whatever's um, happening is yeah. happening. Well, while we're here at the Comedy Magic Club, um, by the way, I would have be I would be saying this even if we weren't recording it. So they are getting to hear. Well, I've <laughs> talked about this before, but since he's kind enough, we didn't know we were going to do it here. We popped our head in. They're right. like, oh, sure, use the back lounge. Yeah, we're um, going to do it in your car. So this is a, yes, a, a very it's big an upgrade. upgrade. <laughs> a slight upgrade, but still, yeah. Um, I always say when a club feeds people, it should come from a place of warmth. Mm-hmm. I believe that the reason Mike Lacey feeds people, and for the since we are recording this for people, I will explain. When you go to a comedy club, sometimes like you'll eat for free as the comedian, sometimes not on the road. The good clubs feed you. But the thing about Mike Lacey, you could come in with a friend, and you, I always go out of my way to go, no. With one friend, they say, no, it's okay, I'll accept it. But when I'm there with two people sometimes, I literally go, no, I will not be the person that takes advantage of your kindness. You do not. And he insists. So I think he does it from a labor of love, that he respects comedy, and you're in my home and you eat. But I also think, and it's admirable that he does it from a place of love, but I also think... Clubs should know that don't do that, that you reap the benefits by it. And when these clubs charge you for che- like for cheese fries or something, <laughs> or for nachos with a can of cheese, not the good clubs, not the not a lot of the improvs or you know, the shit clubs, if they only knew that if an accountant that knew something about what you get back 
when you yes. give. For yeah. your $12 with, worth of Yeah, for, for whatever yeah. it is. And by the way, do comedians take advantage of it? Yeah. Have comedians taken advantage of Mike Lacey over the years? Has somebody drank too much? Yes. Uh, and he, I'm sure Mike goes, instead of going, all right, and somebody took advantage of me this weekend, I'm cutting it off for everybody. He goes, no, that fuck won't come back to the club. Right. You can, you can, but... So, so what I'm saying is, uh, for the clubs that don't do it, like on the road, the middle eats, you know, the middle pays, the MC pays. If they had an accountant that understood what you got back, he'd say to this, he'd go to him and go, picture the owner of the club, Jerry. You, you, it's a tough year, and I think you're going to make it through. But we read to, we need to really hanker down. <laughs> well, well, what should I do? Well, we got to do, we got to, you got to, we got to just, you're, you'll make it through this, but numbers are low. First thing you got to do is start giving all the comedians free food. <laughs> what? Wait, what are you what? talking about? I can't do that. I can't. You can't afford not to. No, what, what, you can't afford not to. I could lose thousands on this. You'll when people when you feed people. Look, you yeah. should have been doing this all the time. And I'm your friend. Can I be honest with okay. you here? Okay. Okay. You should have been doing it like well, like just because it's a labor of love. People are in your home. Put away your money. But. I'm here now talking to you from a business angle. What you'll get back when you give someone a fucking sandwich. Wait, wait. I, I'm just going to clarify You know what? Fuck it. Keep charging the comedians, and I hope you go on. I wanted to clarify this crazy thing that you're saying that I don't agree with. What, that you you're can't... saying that I give, I give comics some free drinks and free alcohol, and you're saying that by the goodwill of doing that, I'm going to get more goodwill towards me and my club, and then better and better comics are going to want to perform here, and then the club numbers go up, and then I might yeah, have to yeah, buy yeah. an extra club because I'm doing so well. Well, you, you can't. Can, I'm, I'm surprised you were able to repeat that because no, no. last week you were charging an MC just... for shit crackers with canned cheese on it. It, it. You just turned me around. As soon as I said it out loud, I just realized I'm, I'm doing it. And scene. And, and of all the crackers you could eat, I would imagine <laughs> shit crackers are probably the, the worst of the crackers. You know, and by the way, one, one other quick thing. Out. The funny thing is that we're talking about the clubs that have shitty food. A lot of the clubs don't. We're in a club that actually has really good food. A lot of the improvs it's have good man. food. Helium has simple but good food. Right. So when we say the canned cheese, it's for the shitty clubs that don't even right. give that away. You have shitty bar food. You, you're afraid to give it to a comedian for free. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I, I Mike, Mike Lacey. Uh, you, class act, all class that. act, and yeah. everybody talks about it. Yeah, so you agreed. should know. It. I came uh, down here. Their um, their birthday is July fifth, and they always have birthday shows with like twenty mm-hmm. comics, and it's just it was the actual birthday, and I wasn't on the lineup, but I just came down to hang and support. They still gave me a gave me a dinner just because I like I showed up, and I was like, I really like no no please be our guest. The difference is that they like, fuck them up. fuck Mike Lacey. We don't want the thing. <laughs> no, right, yeah, let's uh, say something <laughs> bad about. Yeah, we end we. <laughs> We just play that in the loop as the podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> all that nice Hour thing you edited it out. Fuck my goodness. We'll be back with more Todd Glass. <laughs> Grabby lunch. I had a club that uh, that the condo, the, the the guy who owned the club, he had this attitude of where, where he was really nice to the comics and then he got burned. Right. And instead of working through it, he said, you know what? No, I'm going to take it out on the comics. If the comics are going to mess up the condo, I'm never having it cleaned and... I'm going to let it be disgusting for years. And I'm not getting the carpets clean. So this is what you had to do when you went to this condo, is you had to take all sheets out of the You don't want to say what club it was? I don't want to say what club it was. It was a long Tell time ago. Tell me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tell me on Mike who it was. But nobody else. Oh. All right, I'll tell you. Okay, it was... Can, can you press pause I, so we can but, No, no, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you right on the thing, because everybody knows about it. It was, it was the... Uh, it's no longer this way. It was Laughs in Tucson, and it was my favorite club to work, I will say. I, literally my favorite club to work, mm-hmm. and I'm still friends with the staff there. Um, and they know this, too, by the way. Everybody knows this. 
Uh, that's probably because the news travels, travels fast. Yeah, Jeez, she, yeah. Talk about one person in this business. And hello. Yeah. Uh, hi, it's uh, Jerry from Tucson. <laughs> the fuck you talking about, Troy? I was just trying to say that your club is fantastic, and I love your condo. Yeah, you and Liz came in with all your dogs and cats, and they shit all over. <laughs> yeah, but what are you worried about asphyxiation for? How about that litter box at your house? I bet that's kind of fucking killing you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I gotta go. <laughs> so what no, were sorry, you saying? we can't go back, Charles. You, you had to take the sheets out of the closet and cover all of the carpet. The whole oh. floor had to be covered in mm-hmm. sheets just so you could walk. Because in the middle of the night, God forbid, if you stepped with bare feet on that carpet, and I'm, I, 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 I can live in a mess, I have nowhere. This was really awful. And it was a thing of like, hey, if you comics are gonna do this, then you made your bed lie in it. And, and it wasn't the right thing to do because it, what it did is the exact thing you were just saying. It literally proves your point, Todd. It made comics go, I don't want to work there. Right. Mm-hmm. And if I ever do, they're gonna have to put me up in a hotel. Well, they wouldn't do hotels for people. And, and also, I always like to preface this because I always imagine that this will get into the, you know, some club owner will hear this right. and go, oh, they don't know about the comedians. We go into knowing this, that let's talk about the eight before we go back to insulting those clubs, and we will. <laughs> um, oh, trust me. Let's talk about all the clubs that do it great. And there's, by the way, as much as I complain about the ones that do it bad, there's a lot of clubs that really do it good. What does it feel like when those clubs do it good and a comedian comes in and shits all over the good condo? Or uh, they try to provide everything great for the club and the way they treat you, and then you go on stage and do a shitty job. Not not try your hardest and do a shitty job. Do a shitty job because you wrote a show off. Because that's all a good club owner wants. I'll do everything right for you, a good club owner. Can you just try on stage? Because that makes me breathe easier. While I'm running around running the club, when I know you're babysitting that audience, can you just fucking try and this fucking dick can comedian or a great comedian that went through a phase in his career like that we've all done that as you grow older you look back and you go yeah every show's important that sucks for those good club owners but we're not talking about that right we're talking about when good comedians we're talking about when they come into your club so for that shitty condo there was there might have been a comedian that came and shit all over it but you can't you can't teach the next comedian a lesson can you imagine if i went to a club and i you know and i did something i walked into a club and i was and just with an attitude from something that happened with the club before me some comedians do that they're dicks so you you just don't do it you when a comedian you know, they always tell that story. Bob Fuckface came in here and drank $300 worth of liquor, and then uh, we never we stopped it doing it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't believe you, number one, because you would just not hire him. I think you're a cheap fuck. And plus, just booking someone named Bob Fuckface. Yeah. He's got the promotional materials alone. Well, very he's, he's, actually, he's, a, he's a big draw. A big, big draw at the colleges. <laughs> Everybody, please welcome to the stage, Bob Fuckface. <laughs> Uh, Todd hey, just ran uh, on stage. I was at the mall the other day, and this lady behind me, ahead of me, she was trying to pay for her groceries, and she's looking for a penny. I said, hey, whore, get out of the fucking way, but you know why? Because I'm... Todd Fuckface! I'm Bob Fuckface! <laughs> He's great. The other day I was driving in traffic, somebody cut me off. You know what I did? I threw an egg in the car, but you know why I do that? Because I'm... Bob Fuckface! Good night, everybody! <laughs> He's great. I wonder why they call him Bob Fuckface. I'm definitely going to join his mailing list. No question about it. I just really worked hard for that. You really did. He ran on stage. It's probably like 15 feet away. 
really. I'm exhausted. No, that guy would do it. That guy would do it. Colleges. Already worked off that pita. Did you ever almost get addicted to college, doing colleges because they're just so much money and so fun, but so even though they're so unrewarding in the end. Hmm. Did you? Well, because you didn't do. I mean, you didn't ever get hooked into it like people do. Well, I did a have. lot of colleges. Like when uh, I, when when um, Barry Katz represented me one few years for colleges. Um, I listen to his podcast. He has the best podcast. He's on my show. It's really great. Really? He's on my show this week. Oh my okay. god! Um, Industry standard. But I did an I did a NACA convention, and that's obviously. It's hard for me not to reference to people listening because sometimes you want to. I think people know what NACA is. It's you know, you want to con- the college convention thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah you do shows and Showcases. college kids come with different budgets. Different schools have different budgets. They book bands, they book DJs, they book music, they book comedians, and they make sure they're paid well. Uh, most some colleges have more money than others, so you're performing for maybe 300 kids that all have a budget to spend money. So. Um, I did a lot the first the first few years, and by my choice, I just raised my price to where I knew I would get less. But the first two years, I mean, I might have done like 150 schools in a year. Wow. You know, I did a lot of colleges. And I tell you the truth, there were the bad things everyone talks about, like afternoon shows. But overall, it was a, a chance for me to grow as a comic because I would be in a room sometimes with 300, 400 people, sometimes with 40. Mm-hmm. And I would just talk to the crowd, but not like, yes, make fun of them. Genuinely relax on stage and be able to tell stories. But I loved it because I never went to school. So I was addicted. Like if I had a school to do on a Friday and then I didn't have any school to do till a Tuesday, I stayed at the school for four days or three days oh, and ate yeah. in the cafeteria with them. And I had a college experience. I fucking loved it. Wow. I, I, just, I, I, would, I did that till I was 33. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I did that till I was 33. Cool. I mean, and that's we when we originally met. It was at, it was at Arizona State, and you you had done. I don't think this was one of those week things. This, mm-hmm. but this was where you would come in early and do the uh, afternoon uh, college show, and then do the improv mm-hmm. the next week. And they didn't at that time. They didn't care about it. And by the like, way, in credit to that group, that was like an early the type of audience you get today at the whether it's back from the MBAR days or from the UCB yes. or whether it was um, the meltdown right now. That yes. was this unbelievable great. They would sit on the floor, they'd sit in chairs, and they were patient, and they were nurturing. And and like I say, when audiences are nurturing and patient, they sure reap the benefits of the show they oh get. Oh, my God. I agree. It, it, yeah. it really... Leaning in, that's what I call it. They're, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well said. They... That's that's, they're like all there. It's a. It's very endearing, and I always say. I always say the name wrong. Uh, meltdown, right? Yeah, nerd melt. Nerd the melt. Theater, but yeah, they're leaning in. They're so into mm. it, and it's like that's how I was oh when I was God. when I went to see comedy. Yeah. When I was seventeen or even sixteen, I went down to a place, and me and my friends, we just, oh, we 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 just we just fucking loved it. We soaked it in, and that's mm. how those crowds. I are. had this revelation lately, and because I've been trying to figure out why is it that just now that I've been doing. Set list now for now. This is the third year of it, and we've done We're around talking the about world. the international phenomenon. The international that is phenomenon. Congratulations, man. but so oh, thanks. But here's the thing: I get to see every type of audience, seeing you know generally what is the format of the same show, right. different comics, but sure. But you really get a vibe on audiences in, a, in, in such a fascinating way. It's, I guess the same you would go into you know town to town. Fine. Why is it? I keep asking myself that nerd melt is so. Great. Like, why are they those leaning in people? Right. And I just had this revelation that nerds are people who are really, the word is kind of, you know, it Saturated. means a lot of different things. Yeah. yeah it's a, it's a right. tainted word, but 
if you think about what it just means at its core, it's people who are passionate about right. something. The opposite of those people are hipsters who are passionate about nothing because no one will ever identify themselves as a hipster, but everyone wants to be one. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's like it's like an external mm-hmm. thing, whereas being a nerd is being passionate about whatever it is you're passionate about, mm-hmm. whether it's comic books. Yeah, it's, I know, get why they it. took the word nerd and they made it. But yeah. uh, uh, no one, no one planned yeah. it. It just happened, and it's great, and it's and it's awesome. But so I do get it. Yeah. But one, the reason I'm prefacing it is, well, I preface everything. Um, <laughs> one time I said this, and somebody said, "No, no, ner- nerds, nerds, a compliment." Now I go, "Yes, I get it," but I almost. It, uh, I'm, I am fine with it. I am fine with it. I get it. I really am. But you'll understand what I'm saying. I also think, why do they have to be, why are they nerds? They're, 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 they're artistic. They have an artistic appreciation for something. So it's like, that's what it is. Like, they have an artistic appreciation yeah. for something. It, it, whatever they are, if it's to music or if it's to comedy or if it's to actual, you know, um, sculpting, they, they, they are, maybe they're creative. Uh, you don't have to be creative just to do stand-up. And when you're creative, maybe you know what it's like to set the table for someone that needs a creative audience. That's why one time there was this woman yelling out. She goes, you don't even know what I do. I go, I can tell you one thing you don't do. And I mean this sincerely. And I'm not, I had to go in for it because it was going to be mean. I go, I'm not doubting you're a good person. I'm not ga- doubting you give money to charity. But I know one thing I know you don't do. I'm not going to guess what you do. I have no idea. But I know you probably don't do anything creative where you need an audience to act appropriately. Right. How'd that go over? The audience applauded. <laughs> because I was right. Because if she knew, if she was in a band oh, or right. if she had been on the road and knew how hard comedy was or music, or if she did it ever, you know, it's like why waitresses and waiters tend to be nice to waiters and waitresses. Yes. So, so that's why I'm positive. That's why if you said that to a waiter, if you were a shitty customer and went, I bet you don't know what I do, the waiter could go, or waitress, I bet you never fucking waited on tables. Right. right. Just by the way you act. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's it's always people who don't have any experience with that thing. Like the the people that leave the, you know, which really got me over all the YouTube comment stuff with people. I just oh, you're not trolling of, the comments, are you? Life, no, no. Uh, but I mean, I've certainly seen them. Terrible. And the worst. Do we talk about the way you eat your sandwich once before? Oh yeah, I remember you made fun of how I eat my sandwiches because I don't want to touch. Well, asterisk to go back to the YouTube oh, no, comments, no. but let's talk about the pizza sandwich. Oh, yeah. Okay, I eat my sandwiches with I touch I I don't touch the sandwich uh, because. And if you watch the movie Contagion, I think I'm on the right side I've of it. I've seen it. By yeah. the way, that's not my problem. Oh, okay. Tell me what it is. Because <laughs> a lot of people do that. You use the wrapper, mm. and then you keep pushing it down. It's like, how long is it going to take you to eat that? <laughs> I mean, at one point, I get it. You shouldn't eat as fast as me. But, like, you're, you're down to the last inch, and you keep taking these bites. But, like, <laughs> like uh. well, you're, you're absolutely right. But I, I do. I'm a slow eater when, it's, uh, when I'm talking and whatnot. Well, it's probably yeah. better. So what I was, yeah, okay. I was just commending you, actually. Yeah, he's healthy. He's making smart choices. He's healthy. That's he's what we're trying it. to say. God bless you. God bless you. You Give yourself a chance to feel full before you finish everything. That's what they say you're supposed to do. I am a sandwich nerd. No. (laughs) Sandwich nerd. Uh, This is a guy who gets away with everything. It's better than being a sandwich hipster. Right, right. But I I think, by the way, that was what you said. Yeah, it made a lot of sense. I I, I think of hipsters, and again, I don't even know what hipsters are necessarily. Such an obtuse term. It really is, but... But there tends to be, you know those crowds, like let's say you're excited, you go, oh my gosh, it's like one of those young crowds. But then there's this disconnect, and they're not, they're not like, 
I'll tell you who the hipsters are. Okay. When, when, when it happens to every scene, so it's not to say anything, but every scene, there's the people that are there because they truly love comedy. Yes. And they found it. And it doesn't mean just because you were there when there was 20 people. Because they're the real, they're, the, they're just the first finders of the scene. And yeah, that is cool. That doesn't mean the next group that comes along is the worst audience in the world. They find out about it. But then there's like this other group that comes along. They're not really into comedy. They just found out it was a scene. And you go, so sometimes you look into the crowd, and this doesn't really happen yet at the meltdown, but it will. There's To me, everybody it I love. Yeah. And it's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, right. Still, overwhelmingly, the, the nerd melt is going to be the, it's, it's going to be fucking awesome. Because you know what? Eventually, some of those hipsters started integrating into the, into the right. UCB. Yes, yes, yes. But still, overwhelmingly, those UCB audiences, and to this day, yes. are fucking awesome. Oh, great. But for me, it's making eye contact with them. And I think, I'm, I, because I hold those audiences with such hard rega high regard, because they deserve it, yeah. um, I look at someone, and if they're not look like they're having fun, sometimes I'll take responsibility. Why shouldn't I? I'm not at a shitty comedy club. And then I figure it out, oh, you're not here because you like comedy. You're just here because you found out it was a scene. Yes, yes, yes. And you might never come back. That's exactly I it. I remember I was on a show with uh, Jonah Ray, and uh, he said... When they were getting it started, he had postcards that he put on the windshields of cars that were parked in the neighborhood just to get it started. So for that to become a thing that's now a show on Comedy Central, that's yeah. pretty pretty when, cool. When we evolved. when we were uh, our first year in at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival was Setlist. That's a really tough festival to start your first year, and it just so happened that about two weeks into the show, we got a five-star review in nice. the Scotsman, in the biggest paper, and I was selling. I was like, oh my God, this is so great. And Paul and everyone else who had been to the festival before, they all said, oh, no. And I said, wait, why would you be upset with that? They go, oh, you'll see tonight. And I go, I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, he goes, it, just, it just changes the crowd. So guess what happens? We do this show. And every night had been this amazing <clears throat> And By the way, right. the other previous nights, we would do a second show. Our show was at midnight. And then we would end at about 1.15. And then we would do another show wow. at 1.30 or 1.40. And they'd stay until 3 o'clock. And it was like, young kids, they were passionate, everybody's laughing, having a great time. They're there for the show, mm -hmm. they're supporting the comics. That, that five-star night, that first night, the crowd was literally just, had no, like, they, they were a little bit older and just different. They, were, they weren't the same people. Like, they right. got tickets quickly and they came, and man, they were just cro arms crossed uh. and wouldn't say anything. They're like, why would this show get five stars? This was this <clears throat> makes no sense. Just to disprove because, it. Yeah, because right. they weren't interested in seeing what comics were doing and seeing how they come, get into stuff. They wanted to see the five stars. They only cared about the stars, not the people, not right. the show. Well, that's why, that's why I think, you know what? Let's hear this story. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> Try to bring my music, everybody. You know, maybe this would have been better. We'll be right back right after this. Is Todd Glass podcasting? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> By the way, uh, what you were just saying about uh, about the they wanted they want they came for the stars and not for the show the, the five stars. That's right. what's cool. You, you know, you mean stars meaning like yeah, famous. No, I, I, no, I, I meant the five star review. They, oh, came, oh. they came for the star review. The oh, Scotsman. we want to see is this right. is this like uh, you know is this like the musical of, of uh, mm-hmm. uh, Lion King? Is that what right. we're seeing? A five star? You know, <laughs> bah, 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 bah. right? Like because because <sighs> what you were saying like some what I th- what I would always I. Uh, Imagine would be cool when somebody stops by the UCB or or the melt uh, the nerd melt nerd melt is that what you call nerd it? melt yeah. nerd melt is that if they are famous and people now just laugh because they're famous that what's cool about that is they stop by unannounced so you're going in front in front of an audience yes you might get that excitement because you're who you are and you have you they like you from your movies it's by the way it's not it's it's not wrong that they get that excitement sometimes if it's someone that they like when Zach stops by and you know they the people like a body of his work and now it's like but at least they're getting they would give him those laughs before he did anything and I remember that. So it's not like, oh, would they? Yes, I, yeah. they would. Of course they would. That's why when you go up at those places and you could be a four-year comic, but you know, or a three-year comic, but you know, you're really funny. That audience will also be nice to you, mm-hmm. and the good, the good of the audience. But when those hipsters come in, that's why when you said they're only interested in the stars, um, yes. no, the, the, the core audience at all those places, and that's why I adore them, is because they're just gentle and they're nice and they're kind. And and you just want to... That's why I get nervous there, I've said, because at a regular comedy club, I'm hoping I like the audience. You know, the more you do comedy, yeah, you hope you hope you like the audience. You're not nervous about what you do. It sounds cocky, but yeah, you, right. you know, yeah. you're good at what you do. You've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. At the UCB and the, and the Nerd Melt and places like that, uh, it sounds a little, maybe a little much, but there's a, there's... But there's legitimacy to what I'm saying. In my mind, I'm thinking, I hope I'm good enough for them. Yeah. And that's why I get a little more nervous yes. there because they earn the right. They, they have. They, I, I hold them in such high regard that I get nervous to perform in front of them. Hmm. Yeah. No. I mean, does that I make get sense? That. I, no, absolutely. Absolutely. All what are you doing? The rest of it was all good. Close your bag. Siblings. He's getting Siblings. shit out. Don't trust him. <laughs> Treat him like 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 he he's he's uh, monitoring. Follow me. Give it. No, no, He's gonna have to edit this out, though, right? No. This is this is. Troy's getting headphones out of his bag because he wants to plug them into the recording device. It's not a bad idea to listen to what things sound like. People listen. Oh yeah, they're great. You can you rotate these and you can get a wider. A wider uh, response. Is that I think true? The first yeah, time yeah. I saw you this, turn these out this way, and then you get that way. You had this, and you were showing it to me at the green room show taping. It was me, you, and uh, Kelly Carlin. We were standing oh. on the patio. Kelly Ken Carlin, Carlin. And, and you were showing me the the recorder. Oh wow! I forgot about that. Yeah. Where yeah, are you from? Yes. You know, I kind of moved here from the Midwest, but I was born in Hawaii. But I've lived in LA like 15 years. Yeah, so I'm pretty local oh. at this point, but. I still kind of claim Midwest. From my family moved here from North Dakota. North Dakota. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Can you, you guys know Todd Glass? Yeah, <laughs> he's Todd great. Glass. What about that in the self-promotion? Have you heard about Todd yeah, Glass? Actually, last time I saw you at the Improv, right before they brought you up, you sat in the crowd. You're like, I've heard of this guy. He's really good. He's yeah. really, he's good. But then the crowd started to not. I go, I swear to God, I'm not Todd Glass. But yeah. then they started believing it. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Collective. Do they still use your intro as the? Uh, they do. They it was went, at all the clubs. Yeah, they went back to the. In, you, that, that, that. 
They went back to the old one, which I'm happy about. But anyway. I like the one where you great. say, oh, but my... Uh, my uncle's my the uncle's mayor. The mayor. <laughs> like that, I love that I one. You want to see how well I know it? So well. Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I would say this, that they play this at all the improvs, which I'm thrilled. It's uh, at the old one. The new one, I don't like. It's too corporate. The old one was a guy by the name of Mike... Mike, Mike McCaleb. Oh, McCaleb. Who in between shows in Brea, oh, yeah. a long time ago, we went outside with the camera and he goes, we should play like a video before the show, tell people to be quiet. Great. And I like it because it's saying, look, yes, you are customers and the customer's always right, but it's a little different here. It's a comedy club and we do have some rules. And, you know, and uh, it's not being afraid. So, so, but one night when I was at the Dallas Improv, the video place, they hear it every single night of the week. Right, right. So while it was playing, every single waiter, they planned it, came near me, or, you know, I'm sitting in the back of the room with the video rolls, and started doing it live in front of me. I'm like, holy, it was, it was literally 13 people, and they had it down. And it's like, hey, everybody, we want to welcome you here to the Improv. Hey, don't be some of those people that walk over to the improv and go, hey, let's go in there. What's going in there? Then you sit in the back of the room because you're not really there for the comedy. You sit in the back of the room. You And then when someone from the staff comes over and asks you to be quiet, which, by the way, they hate doing because they know that it annoys people, you go, we were only laughing. Listen, nobody's ever been thrown out of the improv for laughing. That's what we love. You don't say, but my uncle's the mayor. My We don't give a shit. You come in here for good quality comedy, you don't talk during the show. How many things in life are that simple? Laugh, shut up, laugh, shut up, laugh, shut up. Now you might be sitting there thinking, ooh, I don't even want to go in there. This is the way they run the show. Yeah, that's because you were going to talk. We don't give a shit what you think. <laughs> yeah, actually, no, I was yes. like, I don't give a shit. I don't yes. give a shit. Uh, <laughs> laugh, shut up, laugh, shut up. Laugh. I, I think any comic could do it almost verbatim like that, too. And by the way, you, I so got it cool 90% it right. That was really spot on. In, in Toronto, they played the one that you made for Toronto this yeah. year before every show. And I'll tell you, there was, a, there was one part of it where I went, oh, I don't think Todd needed to say, uh, are the lights dimmed? And I'll tell you what a funny thing. Uh, I think about the fourth show in, uh, during when you said, are the lights dim? The guy had forgot to dim the lights, so then he dimmed the, dimmed the lights, and I went, oh my God, I'm so glad Todd said that. Maybe the house lights would have been on right. during the uh, show. Hilarious. It was hey, great. Well, it was hard to do a pre-recorded announcement for yeah. a comedy festival when you know... The reason I said that is I know that all the places where they do comedy are not comedy venues. You have a bar true. that's not yeah, used true. to doing it. Right. So I thought, how in this opening announcement, even I thought, you're, you're, come on, Todd, you're gonna go, are the lights low? Did you shut that back door near the kitchen? But I, I didn't say that. But I tried to include a lot of things. And, you know, what are you going to do? And, by the way, in case anybody's unclear on this, these are the pre-show. This is a little pre-show announcement from Todd where he explains, all right, make sure you don't have your cell phones on, all the, all the mm. things that you that, that an audience mm -hmm. should be told before they come in. Because now people just, they don't think about it, and they come in. I'll see if I can find Is that online somewhere? Is that a video? I, I don't think so. Don't but I promised myself and I, that I wouldn't talk about that on this podcast today. In my head, driving <laughs> here. No, 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 no. Not you. For my own self. Because I feel like, believe me, I've talked about it so much, and oh, now I'm really paranoid that like to be like, oh, I hey, I agree with what Todd's saying, right. but I'm gonna fucking put a bullet through my head if I gotta hear him talk <laughs> oh, about I it one more time. About it. But I'm not complaining. Being so cliche. Can I tell no, 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 no. It's me, not right, you. Right. It's me. How come yeah, I'm trying to make no, fun of myself, and I feel like I've insulted you two? I'm saying no, it's, it's me. You know. Can I tell you, uh, this is the way that uh, we, uh, when I'm on road trips where I'm going to fall asleep at the wheel, and yeah. everyone, we've all been in those situations, uh, and this happens a lot, 
there's the only way that I can stay awake is to play because like it, when you're getting in that last hour or two, you can't go get coffee because no. then you're screwed. You're yeah, not gonna, for six even hours. if you sleep, you're gonna have a bad night's sleep, and the next day right. you're in the same. So you play Vine Reed. No, no. There's no. There's there's a point where you are going to fall asleep and drive off the road, no matter what audio, how much exciting. Right. I have. So I make Liz like I and she's asleep, and I'm like, I have to wake you. Go ahead. And sometimes short form improv games, but the yeah. main game we play is a is a bit that you and I would do, where you say you're a guy who's been to every country. Oh, yeah. who's really bad at? I've heard you do it a long time. Want to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I'd love to hear it. I'd love oh, to hear it. Okay. Ask me, he's asked me about countries, uh, and this guy, he's basically lying. But now you're on to it because we're doing a bit. Okay. But in real life, try to get another level. I think this is how we <laughs> set it up one night. Try to get the level of enjoyment of like. If we weren't doing it as a bit, like one night I was at a party and, and I started to talk about the places I was at, could I fool people? Now, maybe yes, maybe no, but that's a good way to look at it. But we do it as a bit. So okay. we're all sitting around. I have an improv background. Let me see if I can shoehorn this Yeah, we in. start talking about cities. I just got back from Mexico last weekend. Oh. I had a great time. I had a great, oh, you great time. Have you been to Mexico? It's so nice. You know what? I used to think it was like like people say they took these long lunches, yeah. but they do. And you know what? It's nice. They yeah. have like a, a three-hour lunch. Other places do it too, but they do it there. Um, by the way, and the oh my What's the god! What's food like? Oh, so good, so good. It's like you think you've eaten good Mexican food, even at the best place in LA. There's oh, so good. Uh, have you ever been to? Uh, I mean, you probably haven't been to Morocco, right? Or oh, oh my god! Have you ever had Moroccan French fries? <laughs> no, they're Morocco? so they put like this ginger sauce on them. Like, maybe it's not ginger sauce, oh but god. it's so good. And by the way, the people there are gorgeous. Really, really? even more gorgeous than Buenos Aires. Well, fuck! You don't even get me started. That's the league all by itself. Okay. That's uh, that's just crazy. <laughs> and by the way, they still have a. Um, uh, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, well, I, I don't know if you've ever been to Sweden, but um, I've oh, heard it's nice, but I don't know much about no, it. No, 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 no. And this is going to sound so cliche, but I even hate to say it because the what? meat, the, the, have you ever had the Swedish meatballs? Well, I've had the ones at Ikea. Are they the uh, same? Are you kidding me? They're so good. And by the way, they get you all the sodas there. They come in glass bottles. And it's I know it's like a stupid little thing, but they're so good. Hmm. I thought they just did uh, glass bottles in Germany. Like, Germany does it too. And by the way, Germany, you can find good food, but it's not. It's, it's I mean, because think about it. Like, when you think of German food, what do you think of? Like, you know. Nazis. Thank yeah, they, you. They did not have a good healthy diet. That's Is why they're so angry. Well, some of, I mean, there's some of these countries, though. Like, I, I mean... I mean, I've been everywhere. Tra I mean, I've traveled everywhere. All right. You, have you been to Afghanistan? I mean, there's not a lot there. Oh, by the way, I have to let. I have beef jerky I brought back from there, and I don't know beef what they jerky? do different. There's no salt in it, so the oh yeah, the beef, uh, Afghanistan beef jerky. Is wow. so good and Turkish taffies. Oh my god! Oh, I'm doing a good job. <laughs> no, Am I doing a bad job? No, 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 no. you did absolutely kind of like your version of the two thousand year old man. Can I just uh, say uh, you did? Uh, oh, is he a two thousand year old man? Is that the <laughs> two thousand year old man? By the way, Mel Brooks and who did he do that with? Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner is still uh, around. I saw him. He just on, wrote a book. I saw him on Politically Incorrect or, or uh, uh, Real Time with Bill Maher. Oh, yeah. oh my god, no! So he he is so and you know what's great? He said something that I happen to love. He goes um that and this isn't whether you think Obamacare will work or whether you don't it's not a political discussions this is a discussion that if it does in time we look back at it because you know how when years pass it gives validity we see things clearly was he a good president was he a bad president right. presidents in the past sometimes 25 years later 
No, the truth does. The time doesn't erase everything. Sometimes you look back at a president and go, "No, he was a bad history president." History will be the judge, right? That's history. Okay, yeah. Thank you. God bless you. That's my thing. I try to say something that takes an hour. Okay, so history will be the judge. We yeah. can talk about yeah. it now. Bah, 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 bah. And then history will be the judge. Correct. If the Obamacare goes down and uh, it is it, it's it admired, even if people go, "Well, his way of implementing it might have not been the best," but overall, fucking, it goes down, and history tells that it was unbelievable. The people that called it Obamacare, you know, as an insult, are going to only help him. Because it wasn't named after him. They named it after him. The original name for it was... Uh, Affordable Care Act. Affordable yeah. Care Act. So they went, Obamacare. Right. Now it's going to... So this is what Carl Reiner said. And I loved it because he's, he's sitting home at his house. He's 90... How old? Three? Wow. Two, three. 92, 93 years old. And you're like... And he's, and he's got the... Why do I get the feeling that there's certain people in this world... And again... I don't get into any discussions of this, but I do love to have what I'm going to call now history tells the truth. Like, we can all make guesses now. Yeah. And how about we do it this way? If I'm in a room where someone disagrees with me, how about we just keep it light? You have your guess, I have my guess. The only reason we're throwing them at each other, so in 20 years when history tells the truth, we can look back. But right now, we don't need to go, bah, 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 and everyone can just all give your... All we need your, to do is remain alive. Yeah, and give, we'll your, give yeah. your calm opinion. I'll give my. I'll try to have a calm opinion. Right. And then take care of yourself so we can let history tell us the truth. I agree. Um, Why do I get the feeling, though, when I listen to guys like him or David Letterman and Brian Williams, uh, especially someone like Carl Reiner, uh, that he's not fucking wrong? Like, because you can tell he likes Obama, doesn't have to love everything he does. There might be a few things he goes, fuck, he's disappointing me there. But overall, why do I get the feeling there's no way Carl Reiner's wrong? Right, right. Am I, you, does that make sense to you? Yeah, because like he's, you see him as a very intellectually honest person. He's, Absolutely. He's just that, it, uh, not like trying to paint over. Yeah, I mean, obviously he has no agenda. So, right. but, but so, so that's erased. Uh, but also just the age mixed with the, the wisdom, his body experience. of work and wisdom. And yeah. it's like, come on, you're going to tell you me Carl Reiner's fucking wrong. Whatever he right. says, I bet he's in the right area. And yeah. I feel that way when Letterman and, when and Brian Williams speak. that level of perspective. You know what would be a great, this would be a great idea for maybe not just a, maybe a segment on a podcast or something, but like, let's see, in, it's, it's called Let's See in 20 Years. And you actually say, here's my predictions. And then you get to, I mean, not just prove it's not about proving the person wrong whatever it's about we're going to learn a whole wealth about our society right. from what these two people predicted <clears throat> and who was right. right who could see by the way that's almost a good show to start if you wanted so to good. do that show right now and you and you were yeah. a forward thinker lay down the meeting lay down these interviews now where so you have a show that's not even you don't oh, no no you, you get young people and you get older people and you have everyone's perspective you all you give say, your opinion see. Yeah, and even if it's sometimes it's hard not to be passionate about something and not right. get a little heated. Yeah. But that's when the host goes, "Hey, hey, 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 this, this, this heat, this is just laying down our opinions here. It's okay. Uh, Twenty years from now, we're going to replay this, and if you all take care of yourselves, or maybe ten years, whenever the producers of the show feel it deemed, because they do things like that where they dig up bodies of work. Right. But I'm talking about. Well, I'm only adding to what you just said. Yeah. You just you sit around. There's four people. You discuss yeah. something, and you go. History will tell the truth. 
hopefully take care. At the end of each show, you go, I'm begging you all to take care of yourselves. Right. Exercise, because I would love <laughs> to have you all here. Right. Don't yeah. get mad until Hilarious. then about it. Let's just talk about we'll it. We'll talk about it in 20 years. Like that documentary series years. of se- called Seven Up, seven you know? Up? Those yeah, where they meet that. every seven years for like 60 years. They yeah. go through their whole lives. Yeah. That would be a really great way to do that, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, so many people, when they when someone disagrees with them, they immediately uh, dismiss them as wrong. It's like, no, you're, no, you're, you're absolutely Wait, what do you mean? If somebody has a con, you know a contracting viewpoint, they they you know like the they left and the right, they're they're wrong. Oh, There's oh, right, not right. a lot of common ground. Well, yeah, I like to not know. I, yeah. I like to not. I like to be agnostic about as much as possible. Here, here's here's yeah. where I do agree with what you're saying, obviously, but it it reminds me of something we, I literally talked about last night with some of my friends. That yeah, you look. I, I try to work on listening. It's not always my strong point. <laughs> Laughing is. I realize there's two ways I'm, I'm a better listener. I, can, I love to be funny, but I also like to be the straight person for someone else to be funny. And on that, if I had to give myself a grade, I'd give myself a very high grade. As hey, much as I love... I was just laughing because you and Henry Phillips were in the parking lot the other night, and he, you guys were doing this kind of bit back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, yeah, Todd, uh, you know, I, 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 I have a friend who doesn't like big crowds. Oh, yeah. nice and quiet noises. He goes, Henry oh. Phillips does this, to break for a second, he does this bit where he goes, hey, Todd, uh, I, uh, I got a friend. I don't know what happened. He was in the war, but he really hates bit. Anytime any group of people are any size crowd forms, he gets really nervous. I I was thinking, can I bring him to one of your shows? Because I think he's, he'd feel real comfortable there. Is that cool? It's, it's great. But anyway, I like playing the straight person for somebody else. I, I like to be the funny one, but I also like to sit back and, and, and cackle at somebody else. But when it comes to listening, uh, sometimes when I have an opinion made, I, get, I could always learn to be a better listener. But here comes the big flip. As a civilized society, we do have to at one point cut off conversation um, we hope we give it a fair run we hope you listen because but but at one point we would not progress as a society I'll go to the obvious the world is round mm-hmm. at one point when you or we, 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 we deem that there are experts on this and you listen and you hope you give it enough time you listen and you listen but at one time we would not evolve as a society if we didn't go okay now it's my job to be patient still with people that want to learn. And I'm going to go to my go-to here. <laughs> when it comes to whether you should touch children at all with a hand, at all, it's time. It's not a two-way conversation. The test results are in. And you might think, yeah. well, Todd, that sounds piggish of you. Well, we would never move forward. We, we've tried hitting. It's not like we said, let's try hitting for a year. Let's try for two years. <clears throat> Come on, how? doesn't it fair to go, can we take it now? It's not working. So I don't think you have to have a two-way conversation with people about hitting. You can say, if you want to learn why it doesn't work, I will patiently nurture you. But I can't sit with you and hear you want to give your opinion why hitting works or why you're holding on to it when it's not based on facts. You are not a pig or on if you, If someone's sitting across the table from you and telling you two plus two is seven, you're not wrong to go, okay, I can't go back and forth with this person. Now I get it because math is math. So you go and raising children isn't the hard, isn't like hard numbers like that. But it is. The test yeah. results are in. There's no gray area. There's no gray area. Right, right. You, and, and by the way, I know technically there is. You know what I mean? Because everyone's opinion is their opinion. But enough people have done research where you go, right. if someone feels differently than you, you have to discount them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or we'll never go past it. Right. But but the, there are so many other things that we wouldn't like. You know, going back to that thing of like, oh. 
oh, let's see in 10 years or 20 years. There's lots of things with gray hairs that I, I, I'm finding myself now, now that I'm, I'm a little bit older and wiser and have more perspective, I was always so certain that everything I knew was exactly right. Mm. And now I think every year I'm a little less certain, even if my opinions are the same, on, on certain things where I go, huh, you know what, I should listen to that person. I love being like, if I'm in an argument, I love being proven wrong. It's my favorite thing now. I'm almost getting right. addicted to it <laughs> because that means I'm learning something. You right. know? Right. I'm trying to think of a good example of this because it would help if I had a good example. But Well, you're, you do, you're, what you're saying is you're not done evolving. Right, right, right. I, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't want to just have my, because this is how I used to do it. It would be my opinion, and then I would attack anybody who had a differing opinion no matter what. And it was vicious, and I, I really, to be honest, I wasn't listening to them or what they were saying. I was hell-bent on dis- destroying them or their argument, and I, I tried can, to focus on yeah, the argument. Yeah, you can always tell when someone's not listening because their lips are pursed, like they're about to, to say yeah. something. It's just like, yeah. you, haven't, you haven't heard my complete thought or sentence, and you're already ready to... Yeah. Here's why you're wrong. Like, okay. I have that. That's a Take bad. A Take a breath. I'm, I'm, I will admit that, and that's where, even if you, could, for lack of a better way, saying knowing you're right. right. Like, you know, again, going back to two plus two is seven, it's very hard to sit across from that person without <laughs> your lips pursed. Right, right. But right. I would Where's do it. Where's the middle ground? But I, I would do it in areas where. Uh, where I should be listening. Uh, I, I Judge Judy said that about three <laughs> weeks ago on the show, and it made me laugh. She goes, she goes, put, she goes, put your, ar- stop arching your back. <laughs> Meaning they were leaning forward to right, talk. Right. And she goes, close your lips. And I went, anybody else thinks, oh my God, she's losing her mind. I thought, right. no, she knows what she's fucking. Yeah. And the woman did close her lips. Close your lips. You're getting ready to talk and you're not listening. <laughs> I, yeah. love, I yeah. love that. And sit so back. True. Yeah. I love it. She, she, <laughs> that should be a mandatory thing where she just goes door to door and just deals with people so that they get it. Because by the way, they're probably better people now knowing, being on television called out for their just freaking out about, right. I'm gonna yell the next thing at you. And it's like, no, you don't get to do that now. It's a court, right. this is the one place where I'm gonna stop you cold. Yeah. And you're probably not gonna wanna do this. You'll think about it at least before you do it again. Right. The next Either time. that or they just go, she was a bitch. Well, well, you're, just keep the same. You're probably right. <laughs> By the way, you know what I found out about that show and it says how much people just wanna be right, including me, I guess. Um, it, Although you know what, I shouldn't be too hard on myself. I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind being wrong uh, when it comes to me being a better person. You know, like my dad used to say, if you want things to be right, sometimes you have to be wrong. Hmm. Like when you're young and you're in a relationship, I, I look. I've been there where the person arguing with me made a valid point, and inwardly I went, "Oh my god, I didn't even think of that." <laughs> they really crushed my point, and I was just insensitive. But outwardly, I just kept arguing. Right. And then you get to the point you go, "You want things right, and right means harmony, maybe in the household." Right. Then, if you want harmony and you want things to be right, then be wrong. Yeah. yeah. And then by being wrong, things become right. Don't just want to be right, you know. But um, doesn't it get hard? Because, like, we all admit there's gray areas. And the gray areas, how about this? We say, listen, even if you've done legitimate research on, a, on something, something, legitimate, you really have, and you've been listening for, for 10 years onto it, and then, the, like we said, if we don't evolve one day, that guy who knew the world was round, how long should he keep listening? Right. To, what do you do when it's out of the gray area? And I'll give you another thing. I think, uh, you know, um, I think we're going to live to see the day where... Uh, the, the, what people know as God, you know, uh, I think we've given them enough time. 
I really do. And they have no year to point back to. They, they, by the way, I don't even like arguing it anymore. I, I, I get angry. I never will get into the discussion with someone. There is a God. There isn't a God. Yeah. It, it, nothing ever good comes out of it. But I will say this to people now, and it's fun. And by the way, the, the thing, the difference between me not believing in what we know as God, you know what I mean, not praying for yourself or praying inwardly, that's as real as it gets. Or uh, right. knowing that there's, uh, Jen Kirkman said this, people think when you don't believe in God, they think, man, that's so pompous of you. You don't think there's a larger energy in the world? You go, oh my God, the sun, the ocean, I can't push back the ocean. Yeah. So that's a larger entity. But as far as religion goes, I always try to ask people this. And the thing about me not believing in religion, which I don't think mirrors people believing in a God that will punish you, is that I don't think anything bad's going to happen to you if you don't agree with me. I would never go, right. you know, if you believe in God, this is nothing's going to happen. If I don't believe in a God and you do, you know what's going to happen to you? Nothing. There are oh no my consequences God, as, as passionate as I am, I would never be so so monstrous to go if you don't believe what I believe. So that's why what I believe with all my passion is different than people think that you'll be punished. Right. But here's what I love to ask religious people, and it's a not a religious discussion. Yes, inwardly, there's an amazing amount of sarcasm because you know the answer. But when you ask this question, you shut the fuck up and you listen. What year do you want to go back to? When it was when praying worked or, you know, when people were yeah. a little more religious. Tell me the year and I'm going to open up my computer here. And by the way, just so you know, I'm not being fair. I'm not going to nitpick. If you give me a year and I go, <laughs> that year someone shot somebody, I'm not looking to nitpick. If it was overwhelmingly a good year and people were treated decently, I'm going to fucking learn. And whatever that year is, we're going to go research and figure out what they did. And I'm going to change my being. What year? Yeah. So. There's no year. Right, right, right. There's between us here. Yeah. Do you, do you know a year where I where if I looked it up on my computer, we'd be proud the way we treated other people, <laughs> or the way we treated women, or the way we treated blacks, or the Holocaust, or the mafia, or children molestation? What year do you want to go to? Can you even imagine what a person, what year they would go to if they didn't know you where you were going with this? What year can you get into the head of somebody like that? No, and, and you just crystallized though what's what's been my like one of my top three films for the last ten. 15 years, which is Pleasantville, which is literally Jeff about Daniels. Jeff Daniels, oh, yeah. stars in it, written by Gary Ross, and directed by Gary Ross, and, and just an unbelievable film about exactly what you're talking about. You, it, it's about evolution. Like, why would you go? It's, it's your same question. It's kind of like saying, okay, humans were better people when. What, which of, of the stages of evolution you want to go back? Was it better when we were Cro-Magnon? <laughs> or was it better when we were Neanderthal? Which one do you want to go? You can pick anyone before us. Well, none of them. You would always want to be the, the, the latest model. Right. You know what I mean? Well, because if, if, today, if today is lived right, then tomorrow was always the better day. Right. Now, and again, I've said this before, I'm repeating myself, maybe this, you know, we're, we're not talking about to go back to a time that was better for you. Right. We're supposed to, as uh, civilized, decent people, go forward to a time that's better for everybody. Because right. if someone said, what was a better year and easier and gentler, like back then when, you know, uh, husband and wives, yeah, when there, was, when there wasn't, when there's a hierarchy in the house and the guy was in charge... Yeah, that's easier to be the master of your domain right. because that means sometimes your wife would swallow her feelings because, <laughs> of course, I get that. I'm not stupid. Right. Boy, if I could have a computer do that for me, that no matter what mood I was in, the computer just did what I wanted, that'd be nice. But I'm not going to make a human being do that. So I'm not going back to a time that would make me, me breathe easier. So, no, we're, it, what, so, but, but by the way, it's still a fun game to play because 
ask people. You're asking them. You're going, what year? I really want to learn. Yeah. If you go 1928 yeah. and, and I open up the computer, with all the destruction going on today in the world, right. there was just as much going on back then. If we, you yeah. know how you know how we could fly as a society because there's 20 ways to go forward. Let's say there's 100 ways to go forward and there's 100 ways to go backwards. If we would just agree that going forward is the answer, we still have to argue which way we go forward. But at least we fucking know that it is forward and we're not even there yet. We're not there yet. We should all be going, should we go forward or backwards? The whole world should be going, of course forward, shut the fuck up. We, we need to go forward. This meeting's to argue how we go forward. There's still people going, oh no, back here. No, I don't, I don't agree. We need to go backwards. You know what? There's people that want to go backwards with social media because that's that's such a like just popped up so quickly as far as how much content, how much stuff, and, and how much access people have. How to much it. access people have? But now, and and by the way, there are downsides to it. But if you could take it back, all the our ability to have everything reported instantly, as much shit as we have to put up with, right. all the uh, Daniel Tosh getting a you know a, 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 a stupid fake story on Tumblr, put, and, and everyone goes. I nuts. didn't see that. Uh, Really? The, no, huh? What is it? The thing where he uh, was, is this recent? Uh, where he said something and made the rape joke, and then but an anonymous girl posted it on Tumblr. Oh yeah, but, yeah. Oh, but yeah, yeah. it was never. I mean, and, and that did happen, but her version of it, like it was an anonymous thing, whatever. Gotcha. So, no, no, I, but like, I think I'm with you. What you're about to say. All that, all that crazy stuff that is the downside of of people getting overreactionary with social media stuff. Right. Would you take back? People being able to post like women who are getting abused or neglected or children they're getting neglected, that being able to be instantly on the front page of Huffington Post and having like that child put into a safe, would you take that back along with the other right, bullshit that people had to put n- up right, with? N- right. n- that a child in in some third world country or you, you, I hope I'm saying it right can, can get knowledge publicity can get publicity. So it's like going, let's get rid of the knife because it stabs people. But it also operates on people. Right, right, too. right. Let's get rid so of it. So I'm with you. And that's yeah. why whenever I hear anybody go, you know, I think they lazily say it sometimes. And I'm sure there's people listening right now. That's, there's two types of people that are listening. There's the people that are going, that's a good point. I think I catch myself doing that sometimes. There's a lot of good. Right. And then there's the people that hold their ground. Maybe go, no, it's all bad. Yeah, there's a lot of bad, but with it, with social media, even phones, like, I get it. Like, you know what? It, the, the part that's bad about a phone, is in your control. And I'm not always great yeah. with it, but I'm, the good part is good, undeniably. Yeah. You know, the, the being, technology. We're not, right. not just the right, phone, right, technology. Right. But let's say with the phone specifically, um, the bad part's controllable. It's not like if you take the good of the phone, you can't get away with the bad. And what I mean by that, I don't do it all the time, and, but, I, but you know what, I, I'll give my, I, I, I try. Like when I go through the line at the grocery store, Hang the fucking phone up. That's controllable. That's not implemented. That's like if you get a phone, you have to ignore grocery clerks. No, that's something you can choose to do. So you're able to let lower the bad side of it and talk to that person. Don't don't even do a half polite where you pull your phone away. And go, I'm sorry. Maybe right, on, a right, freak, right. on a freak I, I if on a freak incident, I get it. Uh, or or when I go out to eat now, I don't always do it. First of all, I always turn my phone off if I'm joining friends. But you know what I started doing lately? Leaving my phone in the car. I go, wait a second. I'm not waiting to meet anybody. That's, We're all that's here. That's over the line. Um, <laughs> I, I try it once in a while. Wow. Or, or, you know what I do? I, I need the recording device a lot. I realize, oh, yes, shit, yeah, I leave my yeah. phone in the car and I think of ideas. I put it on airplane mode. 
And yes. then I can still record, but yet I'm not. Oh, and so, funny. so you can limit the negative part yeah. of it with the cra- with the crashing and you know with the texting in the car. Nope. I get it. it, it but but before I that, guess it. what? There were map books. Now I'm not. Look, I don't want to lose someone here. I get it because of the phones. It has taken it to another crazy fucking level yeah. of people not paying attention. But there were always people that were looking through the map book. Oh my God! Would there be a law, an anti-Thomas guiding law in right. that today? Because that's remember that. I mean, that yeah. would, I remember people yeah. driving with giant. Uh, I think like guns. the next level of phone and, and car integration will be um, disabling your phone once you get into the car. I, don't, I read some articles about that. Like uh, it'll disable the web and your. I mean, but I listen to unless it's integrated pod. into the dash. Yeah. And the oh yeah, yeah, which they're doing now. But wait, right. can I just tell you? Because this reminds me of one other one. I love how bits that we did come up because. <laughs> This was one of my favorites, and you never really did this much. I think it was just one night at a party. You did a character. It's a guy with the Bluetooth or, or the wire in his ear. Yeah. And he goes into a party wearing it from the very beginning, only for the reason that when he's talking to someone boring, he can pretend that the whole time he was on hold. <laughs> well, no. If, if, wait, I thought, I thought you it was one of the best. I thought you started that. I thought you started it. We were at a party. We just did it. it, it we just, all, yeah, because yeah. like Troy, we both started doing it. So we put the earpiece in, and when you'd walk up to someone in the bit, it was supposed to be he knew the word on them as they're boring. So you go, hey, how you doing? You go, I'm waiting for a call. But until then, how you been? <laughs> the minute they get bored, you look at him and go, sorry, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Hello? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. That's going to be too. I got to take this. I got to take this. Yeah. Because you never have to apologize for being on the phone as long as they know you're, you're like, hey, I'm on the phone, yeah, but what's going on? Because you know how you're talking to someone, you go, hey, I'm going to run to the bathroom. You still could sound yeah. at risk of sounding rude or whatever, because it's like, well, uh, that was weird. But if you're on the phone, people, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I do it at the gym all the time. I have to make sure my phone's not on ringer because there's some guy that comes over and talks, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, you need to shut the... I- they even have apps where you call yourself, where you can make it call you. Yeah. So that when you oh, that's when funny. it's time, so you don't even need the friend to call you. Yeah. So you date. can like say, oh, I just got to do a text. So you're actually it looks like you're texting real quick, right. and then you put it down, and then about a minute later it calls. Oh, hey, oh, I got to take. I got to take this. So <laughs> like, that's, that's hilarious. I've not I, I've heard of this app, but I yeah, I always ask myself. Wait a I heard I invented. When the app. I have my phone, like, and I'm like looking down and actively looking at, it's like. Am I expecting a call? Am I waiting for a text message to be returned? Am I looking for an email that's important? If I'm not, what the fuck am I doing? Am I, I do, am I that I, bored? If I, I do the just, same thing. Yeah. and I'm ca- All you can do is do what you just said. Right. I'm aware of it. Right. Uh, the texting in the car, I, you know, only because I don't think I'm going to get better at it unless I be honest about it. Um, I'm 75% stopped. Right. And I'm going to do it 100%. And um, I compared it to drinking and driving. And I got an email. And by the way, you, you're not getting up on a pedestal. I want to preach about how fucking bad it is. And the only way you can do that fairly is to be honest. Where you're, by stopping it. But, well, be honest where you're at with it at least. Right, you right. can't go. But um, somebody said that I can, can't compare it. The, the, uh, the, the volatile act of or the... I forget the word they use, but I can't compare drunk driving. I mean, they wrote it in a way that said, look, I get it. They're both dangerous. But there's a different level of drunk driving versus texting and driving, which I disagree, Um, especially after we've been lectured on it and lectured on it. And I, I said comedically, twisted comedically, well, when you kill somebody, I always say a, a, a parent's child. Yeah, because I'm being, I want to be overly morbid to make my point. When you kill somebody's child because you were texting, and you want to find out if one's more barbaric than the other or one's more selfish than the other, go to the funeral and get up there and go, hello, I, I just wanted to say, I know you're 
son has died because I ran. A lot of people are under the misconception, and I, I think this will certainly not bring your son back, and that is a, 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 a tragedy that, that, is, that the words can't express, but I think this will lessen the way you feel about me. I, I wasn't drinking. <laughs> I, went there, I was texting. I, I, hope, I hope that makes you feel was it a, better. What were you texting about? I was... Actually, I was. It was. I was. I, I wanted someone to bring a, a, a Twizzlers to a <laughs> to a movie. But, well, you no, know, we were meeting back in my house, and I. By the way, that's something I've done. Yeah, I've done. You've been. We're all heading back to my house. I could hey, see me texting Twizzlers? you. Yeah. Hey, I want to get home and get the fire in the backyard going. Could right. you pick up Twizzlers? Yeah. Right. So, it's the same. Do you know, uh, I have a friend who just got a ticket for texting and driving. So I, was and it I, 165? I, uh, I don't know. Is that how much that it is? That's, I don't know. Well, that's what it says you know, on the freeway overpasses. You know the uh, the announcement things where they put up Amber Alerts and things like oh, that? Oh, yeah. It says oh. like 165, but you know what? not worth it. You know it. what? First of all, the voice stuff on, uh, well, I have a droid. <laughs> now Apple good. does it. But yeah. I just put a piece of Velcro on the back of my phone case, and I have Velcro on. So I stick it on my dashboard, yeah. and it really is like it's integrated. Part. All I have to do is touch it, and then I talk the text in, into right. the thing or call. I can just go call someone. And it'll call. Right. I don't have to mess with the typing, and that way, it's always I yeah. know not to grab it and touch it. I know. pulled over. I do it. No, I was just gonna say I do the, the microphone, push the microphone, and talk. Yeah, but but what I uh, just on the texting thing, what I've learned though is, and this is by the way, no one would ever say what I'm about to say. I'm gonna slightly, only slightly, defend people who are distracted or texting during a show. Only from the point of view of me as a performer. When I see that, I used to flip the fuck out. Because, like, what? first of all, it's, a, it's disrespectful to a performer. I, I, and not, nothing I say is going right. to contradict that, by the way. Yeah. It's the most disrespectful thing. Sure. But here's the power over it. Because what I learned is that person was having power over me because I... Every time I saw it, I'd, I'd be like, what the fuck? You know, and mm -hmm. I, I have to stop the show at that point. Front row. Front, I've had people uh, front row, but then there was a point where I went, you know what? I'm not gonna let that control me. I'm gonna control. So I had to decide. Well, someone's texting during a show. I know I've wanted to do that, even when I'm not bored, when I'm really enjoying the show. Right. So does it mean that the performance isn't good, or does it mean that I'm not good, or does right. it mean the show's not good? I decided to not make it mean that anymore, and make it mean only one thing: that that person is texting. Not that they're even an asshole, right. just that they're texting. Hmm. You know, you know what I do. We we all deal with this, you know, as comedians or whatever, any type of performer. Um, if I look at, I make eye contact first. If I see someone putting the phone down to their side, uh, it, very rarely is it up front where they're not even being embarrassed about it. If I make eye contact with them and then they put it away. Uh, my my ang my frustration melts completely because just the fact that they're like, well, they know the truth. The hustle of putting it back into the pocket. Maybe they had a babysitter. I get it. There's a consciousness. There's a consciousness. But what I, what I, what do you have to explain to people? I learned this from actually opening up for Louis C.K. and I you talk about changing announcements. Mm. I saw the way he introduced me. He would do it off mic. And you can't ask people to put away their cell phones. Well, you can do whatever you want. But if you explain to them why, obviously yeah. it's a pre-show announcement and you have to have it somewhat concise. And I've gotten it concise over the years. It's, but Louie would say this. He'd, first of all, he'd do like a long rant where they didn't know it was him. And then 
he'd go, all right, folks, you know, they knew it was him and everyone laughed. He goes, look, I want to introduce your, your, your first guy, but I just want to tell you this. This is not an act that you talk through. He goes, I'm really asking you to put away your cell phones. He goes, turn yourself off from the outside world. He goes, because you know what happens when you have your phone out? He goes, I get it. You think, oh, it's just me. We look out, he goes, it illuminates your big fucking bloated face. Now, he can say it. I don't say it that way at a club because he's Louis C.K. and they're all there to see him. They get his sense of humor. Sometimes when I'm at a comedy club, half the crowd's there to see me, half is the audience that's coming just to see a show. So I don't, they don't know the sense of humor yet. But he said that. And you know what? He goes, so don't you think you hear this? Oh, I'll sneak it. We're looking out, in his case, to 3,000 people. Even a small small amount of you, that's still one person there, one person there, one person there, one What the fuck? Is anyone here having fun? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Yeah, yeah. Virtually, when I say 100% stops the texting, it means if they're doing it, I don't see it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I started doing that at clubs. I was nice. like, I know, and I do it my own way. And, and then, I'm, and then he would, this would make me laugh, too. And, and it stopped it. He goes... Honestly, don't yell out during the show. He goes, and someone sometimes would yell out. Well, he said that. Like, you know, he'd go, no, I'm not fucking kidding. He goes, it's the most selfish thing you can fucking do. It's selfish, and it's rude, and no one next to you wants to hear it. He goes, in the event that you have something important, you want to yell it out. He goes, all I ask is you go back to your shitty house and you kill yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like... Is that asking too much? Is that asking too much? Yeah, that's that's funny. I saw him at the uh, Universal Amphitheater. Uh, Mike Kaplan uh, was an opening act. He was a friend of mine, and uh, he did the same thing with the curtain. He'd be like behind the curtain, like the wizard. He's like, he's like, Mike's a great guy, funny comedian. Make him earn it. He would say stuff like, folks, like the, you would never make this announcement, but I've seen him do it like, you know, a, a lot, and it would always make me laugh every night. He would have a put on like a woman's voice and do, ladies and gentlemen, welcome <laughs> oh my to God. the Vince Scott. And it's like so obvious. Is that Victoria Jackson? October 15th, <laughs> Cher will be here. There's three shows a two o'clock show, a 205. And 2.20. (laughs) Folks, all the Cher shows have been canceled. Cher is dead. That's right. Sonny and Cher are dead. First of all, that made me laugh because who would open up a show and think it's necessary to say that Sonny and Cher are dead? Please welcome Todd Glass. Oh, my God. That's right, folks. Sonny and Cher are both dead. Oh my god. That's great. And I like it because he's announcing the shows and then in the same breath they've been cancelled. Right, right, exactly. Who fed that in his ear while he was announcing? Two fifteen. He doesn't even say I've just been handed a note. No, no. It's like part of the copy. The shows have been cancelled. Cher is dead. He just wanted to announce that they were coming. And his voice, because of the PA that he could whisper, they didn't know. It sounded like maybe a stuffy woman that would make but by the time he did the share stuff. They they knew by then it was him. Oh god! Yeah. Oh, that's so. Great. Just read this before the show. Yeah. I've got yeah. no problems. He goes, serious. Oh, so anyway. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, this is this is great. Yeah, this was super. You know. Yeah, this yeah, was fun. Super, Good time. Fun. Troy. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. It was a blast. Troy Conrad. Um, yeah. 
check. I would like to. Pro- oh, anyway. I would like to promote yes, uh, the uh, oh. Todd the Todd Glass podcast, oh. which is on the uh, Nerdist uh, channel mm. on the Nerdist podcast uh, series, and um, I would also like to promote the David Feldman podcast. And I did the uh, still photography for the uh, upcoming Greg Proof special called Live at Musso and Frank. Cool, man. That's great. He did it. Did he do it at Musso and Frank? He shot it. At, uh, Todd. Todd. And by the way, we talk about it. No, but it was amazing. I, I did the photos for it, and they cleared. They made the, the the dining room area like into a club. No no risen stage, but a band behind him. Wow. Guy with a big bass and a guy a, a full band. And so classy, like just wow. like that. Like that. I think they even How had many like people? a small sixty people. I in love the room. that. And wow. no, not by the way, the reason you don't know about it and no one knows about right. it Coming is because it was never mentioned anywhere. When he called me, he goes, "Hey, can you come do stills for for the show?" And I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" He goes, "Oh, I'm shooting this special." It was not listed on anything. Wow. Nobody knew. It was a total secret. But it comes out in a week, and it is the most. Amazing, classy. That place, he tar- starts telling stories about. It's like this is where Ernest Hemingway was right. writing. This is yeah. where this happened. He goes, this is the the, the guy who's like the, the Mexican um, waiter who doesn't speak much English hangs out every summer with the Rolling Stones. They fly him <laughs> like crazy wow. stories I in that place. I have no like idea. That. But it was one of the nicest things, and and they, it was. Uh, I, I think it was his Lee Carnes's idea, the, mm-hmm. the manager. At uh, Brillstein Entertainment, I'm managed there by Alex Murray. Also, <laughs> isn't isn't Lee over there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's always got yeah. great stories. Oh yeah, no, but like, and they they just set it up beautifully. It looks so nice. I and love it, it that. It was for Chill. It was for the website Chill mm-hmm. or whatever. They... Well, I'll definitely uh, add a link to all that. Yeah, all that. And stuff of course, Setlist. And of course, Setlist. So God. those are my yeah. things. I'm going to promote the uh, Todd Glass Awful Prank Show. If you Thank you. Can check out the Todd Glass. Yeah, can you th- wait? Can you tell me what that? What, we'll talk about what, it off the air. We'll talk about it off the air. I'm going to get a little plug on the air because I don't know. I genuinely don't know what the status of that is. <laughs> and then I have uh, then I have my book coming out this June on Simon and Schuster called oh, The Todd Glass oh, Situation. That's amazing. Congratulations. Um, we settled on a name. I wanted to call oh, it nice. If I Could Only Meet a Girl. With uh, the name of the book, I wanted it to be if I could only meet a girl with cancer, and other <laughs> lies I told. <laughs> you get? Do you get why I wanted to meet a girl with cancer? Yes. I know we have to go to close, but they didn't. It's no big deal. This is the show. Yeah, well, Simon and Schuster, who has been, I'm not just saying this to then turn around and, and, and insult them. They have been from the first day I had a meeting with them. It, it was heartwarming. How I was very nervous, wow. and they were awesome. The name. You know what? I want people to respect me about what I know. So when it came to the name, I respected there might be something that they know that I don't. I wanted to call it, if I could only meet a girl with cancer, then I changed it. I thought it might lighten it. If I could only meet a girl with terminal disease, then the subtext or the subtitle would have been, and other lies I told to keep the closet door closed behind yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. People would figure out, oh, he must have thought, oh, if I can meet a girl that had cancer, she'd die. And I'd go, oh, I never got over Lisa. Yeah. Right? But they didn't want it. They didn't want to name that, and uh, we came up yesterday with the name of um, the Toglass situation because that's what I used to call what I was in. People would go, people, I go, you know, I had friends in from out of town. I would go, they don't know about my situation, you know. <laughs> so we called it the Toglass situation. Subtitle: uh, a bunch of lies about my private life and a bunch of true stories about my 30 years in comedy. Wow, that's great. And that's it. So yeah, uh, cool. this this uh, April. Oh no, this April. 
the book will be out. April. Right so that's corner. good. Yeah. And I got my Netflix special out. And there you go. That's Sweet. enough. Outstanding. Well, I can't thank you guys. Oh, I did enough. set list. Set list. Yes. <laughs> set list uh, episode on I the Nourish Channel. I set list before I came. It's like, nope, next. This was fun. You know, whatever it was, because I do a podcast, obviously, every, every week. And not obviously. Sure. But this was a... Uh, the lunch thing it was very fun. It was, I would have so enjoyed casual, this conversation. Very casual um, and fun, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was just like we just had a blast just talking. It was great, man. Cool. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, guys. Hold on, so hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold no, on. No, 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 oh, yeah, no. Don't 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 let's, let's go out. Yeah. You know, before we, uh, hold on. before we close uh, the podcast, I want to let me tell a quick story about uh, some <laughs> of the other upcoming. You were in Peru last week. I was in Peru. Let me tell you something about Peru. And you know, a lot of people aren't gonna. The people that live there in the cities don't even know this. When you go to the royal you know what churros are right okay well they got churros in mexico in peru they make churros and instead of powdered sugar they use actual oh oh i'm giving you background music this is my uh, oh okay instead of instead of powdered sugar they actually dust light sprinkles of cocaine on the churro and uh and it doesn't cost any more than a regular churro (laughs) and i love rodriguez and you've been listening to Grabbing lunch with Matt Knutson, Todd Glass, and Troy Conrad. The cost that now assumes relaxed positions and prostitutes your loss. Were you tortured by your own thirst in those pleasures that <laughs> Well put, Rodriguez. Well put. Uh, well, that was episode two of the Grabbing Lunch podcast. I'd like to, again, thank Todd Glass and Troy Conrad for hanging out with me. Also, a special thanks to Mike Lacey and everyone over at the Comedy and Magic Club in Hermosa Beach, one of the best clubs in the Los Angeles area, so make sure and check them out as well. Don't forget to subscribe, not a word, subscribe to the Grabbing Lunch podcast on iTunes. Uh, episode three next week, we do an episode every Wednesday. We'll be with Dave Ross, Jake Weissman, and Alan Strickland Williams. They are all members of the sketch comedy group Women. They are hilarious, and they're all great stand-ups in their own right. So that is it. Uh, in the meantime, look me up, mattknutson.com, M-A-T-T-K-N-U-D-S-E-N.com, for all things um, me. Sorry. 